This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. From Spotify Studios, this is Dissect. Long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. I'm Cole Kushner. And I'm Titi Shogia. Today, we continue our serialized examination of Lemonade by Beyonce. On our last episode, we dissected the chapter Hope, which featured the song Freedom. There we saw Beyonce perform on a slave plantation stage in front of a gathering of Black women. She sang them an emblazoned anthem of resistance, strength, and collective empowerment. Freedom commemorates Beyoncé's newfound liberation after defeating the curse that plagued her throughout the film. She performs this anthem to the multi-generational gathering of Black women to inspire hope and celebrate their excellence. And it's this feeling of celebration that continues into the album's next chapter, the subject of our episode today, Redemption. The chapter begins with the front doorway of the Maidwood Plantation House opening. We peer over the vast lawn to the white picket fence gate that surrounds the mansion. Three young black girls run through the open door and onto the massive lawn. A title card formally introduces the name of the chapter, Redemption, defined here as the action of saving, delivering, or restoring a person or thing. We've seen Beyonce work towards this restoration and deliverance throughout the film. In songs like Love Drought and Sandcastles, she restored her relationship through a process of empathy, vulnerability, accountability, and forgiveness. This saved future generations from the curse that's plagued her family. Now here in the chapter Redemption, we'll see Beyonce's vision of a world redeemed. Take one pint of water, add a half pound of sugar, the juice of eight lemons, the zest of half lemon. Pour the water from one jug then into the other several times. Strain 
through a clean napkin. The meaning of the album's title is introduced here in the form of a simple recipe. As we'll come to see, just as a mother or grandmother would pass down a family recipe, they also pass down the instructions for surviving and flourishing in the midst of challenging circumstances. While Beyonce recites this recipe, we see various images of black women freely strolling through the grounds of Destrahan Plantation. The site where their ancestors were enslaved is reclaimed and reimagined as a safe space for these women. Next, we transition to a quiet scene on the front porch of a slave cabin at Destrahan. Here, Beyonce sits silently in a rocking chair wearing a lacy white dress. She gazes outward with her hands folded in her lap, as if reflecting on the words she speaks and the journey that's brought her here. Grandmother, the alchemist, you spun gold out of this hard life, conjured beauty from the things left behind, found healing where it did not live, discovered the antidote in your own kitchen, broke the curse with your own Beyonce addresses her grandmother, saying, Grandmother, the alchemist, you spun gold out of this hard life, conjured beauty from the things left behind. She grants her grandmother the title of an alchemist, which were scientists of the Middle Ages who worked to transform worthless metals into gold. The alchemists held a scientific and spiritual worldview aiming to not only create medicines and elixirs, but to also purify the human spirit. Just as the alchemist pursued these impossible feats, her grandmother created a life of meaning and value despite the impossible circumstances of racism and sexism. She offered a recipe for triumph and resilience that she passes down to future generations. Beyonce also declares that she conjures beauty from the things left behind. Conjure is the name for African-American magical religious traditions. These traditions emerged as enslaved Africans preserved their own spiritual practices and adapted them to their new lives in the Americas. Practitioners of conjure, hoodoo, and root work invoke spiritual power for healing or self-protection. Often this involves communication with ancestral spirits and the use of natural objects such as herbs, minerals, or animal bones. According to the scholar Yvonne Chirot, quote, For its part, Conjure spoke directly to the slave's perception of powerlessness and danger by providing alternative, but largely symbolic, means for addressing suffering. The conjuring tradition allowed practitioners to defend themselves from harm, to cure their ailments, and to achieve some conceptual measure of control over personal adversity, unquote. By placing her grandmother in the tradition of alchemists and conjuring women, Beyonce acknowledges her ancestors' profound spiritual resources for thriving in the midst of hardship, finding healing where it did not live. Following these lines, we cut to the master bedroom of the Maidwood Plantation. We last saw this bedroom during the chapter Accountability, when Beyonce recited the poem How to Wear Your Mother's Lipstick. It was here that we saw three black girls playing and aspiring to attain their mother's beauty. Beyonce now sits at the foot of the bed with one of these girls, who has blonde, tightly coiled curly hair. Beyonce's hair is also coiled, and they run their fingers through one another's hair, smiling. It appears Beyonce takes on a maternal role for this young girl, passing on not only beauty tips, but also instilling her with a sense of confidence and pride. Beyonce continues to address her grandmother, saying, 
discovered the antidote in your own kitchen, broke the curse with your own two hands. Her grandmother finds an antidote to the poison we know to be the legacy of slavery, racism, white supremacy, and misogyny in America. This poison has presented itself throughout the film as inherited and internalized messages of unworthiness for black people, whether it be the result of racialized beauty standards or the killing of unarmed black Americans. Her grandmother looks within herself, her own kitchen, and discovers the antidote to this pervasive poison, love, dignity, beauty, strength, and worthiness. From her kitchen, a domestic and familial space, she breaks the curse with her own two hands, as one would break bread at the table to pass on to members of her family. In place of this curse, she offers nourishment, wisdom, and community to the next generation of women. As Beyonce describes this process, the visuals on screen further embody her grandmother's actions. First, we zoom in on a close-up of an elderly woman's wrinkled hands, the hands that broke the curse. In the next shot, it's revealed that these are the hands of Leah Chase, who we first saw in the chapter Accountability. Recall that Leah Chase was the queen of Creole cuisine who owned the legendary New Orleans restaurant Dookie Chase's. She quite literally found the antidote in her kitchen, creating soul food and feeding the freedom riders who sparked the civil rights movement. We pan out to see Leah Chase seated in the Maidwood Mansion parlor alongside the young black girl with blonde hair. Beyonce stands behind Miss Chase, brushing her hair in an act of reverence. The three generations of women smile as they engage in conversation with one another. This scene, as well as this spoken interlude as a whole, speak to the connectedness and love that binds generations of women. Beyonce discussed this connection in her 2013 documentary, Life is But a Dream. I don't know why I'm so fortunate and so blessed. And I know that my mom always told me that my grandmother was in the church lighting candles and praying for her. And... I am a result of my grandmother's prayers. And my mother prays for me all the time. And I pray for my daughter all the time. And God is real. And God lives inside of me and inside of all of us. While her grandmother passed away before Beyonce was born, she suggests that her love and prayers have provided her with blessings in this life. It's with this same gratitude that Beyonce completes the poetic tribute to her grandmother. You passed these instructions down to your daughter, who then passed it down to her daughter. Beyonce sits on the porch chair looking outward. Having become a mother herself, it's now her turn to pass along the wisdom from her grandmother to the next generation. Next, we see again the three girls who ran out the plantation house as the chapter began. Now they have sprinted halfway across the front lawn and make their way to the Maidwood Mansion white picket fence gate. Recall that we saw a glimpse of this gate in the chapter Reformation. As Beyonce asked her partner, why do you deny yourself heaven? We saw this same white picket fence gate with bright white clouds behind it. This seemed to evoke the pearly gates or the entrance into heaven. However, that very same image that evoked heaven revealed itself to be the entrance to the Maidwood Plantation, a place where black people were enslaved. Beyonce then asked her partner, Why do you deny yourself heaven? Why are you afraid of love? 
the answer to these questions seem to be the internalized messages of racism that her partner must shed in order to love himself and find freedom. The gate itself seemed to represent both the heaven denied to her partner as well as the promise of a better future. Now, here in Redemption, the curse has been broken. As Beyonce passes on the wisdom of her grandmother, we see the young girl sprint toward the heavenly gate and away from the plantation, the legacy of slavery. Heaven will no longer be denied to this future generation, as they know themselves to be deserving of love and joy. They are free to play, laugh, run, and grow unburdened as they move forward. The black and white image of running girls transitions into color home video footage. We see a wooden dance floor illuminated with spotlights that spell out Hattie's 90th birthday. This birthday party was to celebrate Hattie White, Jay-Z's maternal grandmother. Amongst a full crowd of partygoers, Beyonce's daughter Blue Ivy and a little boy watch Grandma Hattie give a speech to the crowd that has gathered in her honor. I had my ups and downs, but I always find the inner strength to pull myself up. I was served lemons, but I made lemonade. <laughs> This is a message of triumph, and possibly the defining image of Lemonade as a whole, coming from a 90-year-old grandmother. It's with a gentle modesty that she describes her life as one of ups and downs. This is coming from a woman whose childhood was characterized by the Great Depression and young adulthood shaped by World War II. A woman who raised seven kids under one roof, earning only $20 a week. It's a testament to not only her individual strength, but to the generations of Black women who transform pain into beauty and lemons into lemonade, to ordinary women who nonetheless lead extraordinary lives. While Beyonce may be the heroine of this story, she attributes her healing to the wisdom passed down from her grandmother, her husband's grandmother, and the countless ancestral spirits that offer wisdom for breaking the curse. As the applause fades from Hattie's speech, we return to a black-and-white scene of a coastal beach. This is the same beach Beyoncé was baptized and reborn in the chapter Reformation. Here, Beyoncé once again wears her hair down and dons a floor-length, sheer white gown. She stands on a wooden log, staring directly into the camera as she shares the wisdom her grandmother passed down to her. My grandma said, Nothing real can be threatened. True love brought salvation back into me. With every tear came redemption, and my torturer became my remedy. In the words of her grandmother, Beyonce declares, nothing real can be threatened. True love brought salvation back into me. This phrase has been used multiple times by both Beyonce and Jay-Z, both in songs and tweets. It can be traced back to Helen Shuckman's 1976 spiritual psychotherapy book, A Course in Miracles, which focuses on the process of relinquishing fear to accept a way of life grounded in love. In its entirety, the phrase reads, Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Jay-Z actually quotes the full phrase in his 2016 collab track with Pusha T, Drug Dealers Anonymous. I'm a cause of miracles with this shit. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Therein lies the peace of God. The idea behind this phrase is that we are all one, 
and that the spiritual path involves shedding illusions that create fear and replacing them with the truth that we are all united in love. It is this love that Beyonce and Jay have tapped into in order to survive the floods that threaten their relationship and rebuild their foundation through honesty, vulnerability, and empathy. Beyonce then continues, With every tear came redemption. Her healing was the result of a strenuous process of self-reflection and the honest communication of her pain. By allowing herself to feel and process her emotions fully, she was able to eventually find redemption and restore her sense of self-worth, which then allowed her to restore her relationship. The final line of this interlude, My Torturer Became My Remedy, lends itself to multiple interpretations. On the surface, it would seem that her torturer is her husband, the one who betrayed her, the one Beyonce transforms and heals through her own forgiveness. It may also be that her torturer was herself. Recall in the second chapter, Denial, Beyonce underwent many forms of self-denial and erasure in order to appease her husband and the demands of society as a whole. However, just as her grandmother found the antidote in her own kitchen, we saw Beyonce tap into her own source of spiritual power to gain confidence and heal herself. Finally, it may be that her torturer is the past itself, the past that holds the pain of racism and slavery. By looking to the past, she uncovers this pain, but also discovers the generational wisdom of her ancestors. It's through this wisdom that she found her remedy, the recipe for transcending one's circumstances and offering hope for a better future. As the film continues, we see a close-up shot of Beyonce's makeupless face staring directly into the camera. A bright light creates a halo of light behind her. She closes her eyes, and we hear this. We compare this now to the sounds of Pray You Catch Me that began the album. This sonic callback seems to signal that Beyonce's journey has come full circle. She sings, I love, to affirm the remedy that transformed her and provided the healing she and her husband required. When Beyonce opens her eyes, we cut back to the Destrehan Plantation Garden. It is no longer shot in black and white but is now seen in vibrant, vivid color. We'll unpack this setting along with the rest of the chapter right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, 
visit jiffylube.com. Welcome back to Dissect. Before the break, we heard Beyonce share the wisdom of resilience she inherited from her grandmother, Jay-Z's grandmother, and the countless ancestors before her. As redemption continues, we return to the Destraham Plantation Garden, and we hear these words. So we're gonna heal. We're gonna start again. You've brought the orchestra. Synchronized swimmers. You're the magician. Pull me back together again the way you cut me in half. Make the woman in doubt disappear. Beyonce declares, so we're gonna heal. We're gonna start again. It would seem this decisive statement applies to both her relationship as well as the community of women she surrounded herself with. Here we see two women harvesting vegetables, placing them in a basket and carrying them to the kitchen. This plantation, once the site of enslavement and violence, has been transformed into a safe haven, where these women can cultivate the earth and sustain one another. Beyonce continues by directly addressing her partner, saying, You've brought the orchestra, synchronized swimmers. Recall that the film opened with Beyonce kneeling alone on a theater stage. Now in the film's conclusion, we have ourselves a triumphant, extravagant end number, with her husband bringing in an orchestra and synchronized swimmers as they celebrate their renewed life together. Beyonce then tells her partner, you are the magician. This is another callback to the film's first chapter. There she compared her husband's infidelity and dishonesty to the elaborate illusions of a stage magician, saying, you remind me of my father, a magician, able to exist in two places at once. Now she tells him, pull me back together again the way you sawed me in half, make the woman in doubt disappear. This evokes the common magic trick where a magician splits his female assistant in two or makes her disappear. As they've rooted their relationship in more authentic, real love, her partner's illusions have been replaced with a genuine power to put her back together, eradicate her doubt, and make her whole once again. Make the woman in doubt disappear. Pull the sorrow from between my legs like silk, knot after knot after knot. The audience. Beyonce instructs her partner, pull the sorrow from between my legs like silk, knot after knot after knot. This again alludes to a magic trick where a magician pulls an endless rope of colorful handkerchiefs from his pocket. As it resides between her legs, Beyonce's sorrow is intimately tied to her experiences as a woman. But by likening this sorrow to colorful silk, she has taken her power back and recharacterizes her pain as something resplendent. This recalls the ways her grandmother conjured beauty from things left behind. With her partner's assistance, Beyonce not only rids herself of sorrow, but also births a new and glorious future. This future belongs not only to Beyonce and her partner alone, but also to the collective Black community. As she utters these lines, we see one of the most iconic shots of the entire film. Beyonce and a squad of young women sit unsmiling on a set of wooden front porch steps, staring straight into the camera. These women are actresses Zendaya Coleman and Amandala Stenberg, singers Chloe and Haley, and Lisa Kainde Diaz and Naomi Diaz of the Afro-French-Cuban duo Ibeyi. 
These young teenage women are represented here as torchbearers for the next generation of powerful Black artists and activists. While this group of unsmiling young women exude an aura of power and grace, we discover even further significance when we consider their setting, the front porch of a slave cabin. Historically, front porches have served as important communal spaces in the South, and particularly for Black communities. Front porches, sometimes called a stoop, are the intersection of public and private, a safe place for friends, family, and neighbors to gather to tell stories and pass on history. Brenton Mock writes about the political significance of this front porch image in his article, Beyonce's Simple but Radical Front Porch Politics. Mock points out that following Hurricane Katrina, various New Orleans neighborhoods had actually placed restrictions on porch dwelling, limiting the number of residents who could assemble on a porch. According to Mock, quote, that's what makes Beyonce's porch front portrait seem so riveting despite its lack of animation. Beyonce's girls seem to be projecting their own empowered gaze back at the audience. They sit still, collected, adjusted, exhibiting nothing in their body language that might seem threatening to prying eyes. It's only when you focus on their faces, as the camera zooms towards them, that you get the message that they're actually not sitting here for anyone's entertainment. This is Beyonce's pose when the male gaze, the white gaze, and the pop gaze don't matter. Which is why this, the calmest of lemonade scenes, is also one of its most brazen and defiant. It's a radical gesture that says this porch is for Beyonce and her girls and nobody is going to evict them from it, unquote. As she's done throughout the film, Beyonce infuses this radical gesture with even further significance when we consider that this front porch belonged to the ancestor that were enslaved at Destrehan. Not only do the young women here suggest a brazen defiance of the white gaze, they also reclaim the space that belonged to their ancestors as their own. Following this porch scene, we cut to the image of sunlight peeking through a grove of trees. This serene, beautiful setting serves as the backdrop for the final spoken word line of the film. The audience applauds, but we can't hear them. While the audience applauds, the collective we of the film's many characters are not concerned with validation or public image. Instead, they revel in their redeemed love and communal family. After this final line of the poem, the screen cuts to black and we hear the opening moments of the song All Night. As the downstrokes of a guitar are strummed, we're transported back to the brick ruins of Fort Macomb the Civil War site that has served as a recurring setting throughout the film. It was here that Beyoncé first conveyed her suspicions of her partner's infidelity. Wearing a hooded black sweatshirt, she sang directly to her husband. You can taste the dishonesty, it's all over your breath As you pass it off so cavalier But even that's a test, constantly aware of it all now that her journey has come full circle, Beyonce's black hoodie has been replaced with an antebellum-style gown, complete with a full skirt and poofy Lego mutton sleeves. This European-style dress is decorated with a beautiful, multicolored Dutch wax print, fabric emblematic of West Africa. She wears her natural hair pulled up in an elegant Victorian style, as if it were a crown. She is no longer the woman in doubt, 
the woman who has been cut in half. She is whole again, and the apprehension of her first visit to Fort Macomb has been replaced with self-assurance and serenity. As Beyonce begins singing, a flock of birds fly overhead as the sun rises to a new day over the grassy horizon. You found the truth beneath your lies And true love never has to hide True love never has to hide Trade your broken Beyonce begins singing, found the truth beneath your lies, and true love never has to hide. Recall that Beyonce began her journey asking her husband, what are you hiding? It turns out that it was pain and feelings of unworthiness that was beneath his lies. Having uncovered these truths, they move forward together with honesty and openness. Beyonce then tells her husband, I'll trade your broken wings for mine. Throughout her journey, she's become empowered, confident, and strong in the face of denigrating racism and sexism. Along with the 1,000 girls who raised their arms, she has taken spiritual flight and found freedom from psychological bondage. Now Beyonce is able to encourage others on their own journey to healing and self-acceptance, starting with her husband. By trading his broken wings for her own, she offers him a glimpse at the freedom that comes through the process of introspection, vulnerability, and self-love. Beyonce concludes, I've seen your scars and kissed your crimes. This calls back to the line in Sandcastles, show me your scars and I won't walk away. In an act of vulnerability, her partner has shown her his wounds and internal struggles, the flaws and pain that led to his belief that he didn't deserve love. Rather than walking away, she kisses his crimes, healing the wounds that catalyzed his infidelity. So many people that I know they just trying to touch you. Kiss up and rub up and fill up. Kiss up and rub up and fill up on you. Give you some time to prove that I can trust you. Again, I'm gonna kiss up and rub up and fill up. Kiss up and rub up and fill up on you all night. The pre-chorus of All Night recalls the quote-unquote boppers in the corner she called out in Sorry. These are the people who look to exploit her husband for their own selfish gains. She tells her husband that they're just trying to touch him or use him, but ultimately have no concern for his emotional well-being. That said, Beyonce is no longer concerned with these women, as she and her husband have reconciled and proven that nothing real can be threatened. She tells him that, after some time to rebuild trust, she will kiss up and rub up and feel up on him. While this is the same language she just used to describe shady women, it takes on an entirely different meaning coming from her. In the context of their relationship, these actions communicate the trust that was rebuilt, the love that has been renewed, and the happiness that they now enjoy. Beyonce sings of the love she and her partner share as they finally overcome the obstacles that have kept them apart. The bitter pain of infidelity has been transformed and purified as sweet love. 
She affirms this love singing, All I wanna, ain't no other, we together, I remember. This redemptive vision of romantic love is made all the more apparent by the visuals on screen. We see grainy home videos of real couples of various races, orientations, and ages walking around New Orleans. A Latinx couple hugs behind the counter of a convenience store. A young black man laughs as his girlfriend jokingly pushes him away and then kisses him. A middle-aged black couple dances in front of their rural home. A tall black woman spins her girlfriend as if they're dancing, and they embrace as they stroll down Bourbon Street. Despite their differences in age, color, and sexual orientation, they are all united as human beings tapping into the universal love we all have access to. This is real love, no longer threatened by curses, radiating unfettered joy. Love was stronger than your pride. Beyond your darkness, I'm your light. Beyonce begins the second verse singing, Our love was stronger than your pride. The implication here is that pride kept her husband from being vulnerable and showing his scars. Jay-Z himself acknowledged the ways pride has kept him from displays of vulnerability in his 2001 hit, Song Cry. I can understand why you want a divorce now Though I can't let you know it Pride won't let me show it Pretend to be heroic That's just one to grow it But deep inside it so sick I can't see him coming down my eyes So I gotta make the song cry Jay displays a traditionally masculine approach to his pain Physical tears would be seen as a sign of weakness So he channels his pain in his lyrics Jay-Z discussed this idea in a 2018 interview with the New York Times. Absolutely. Yeah, I did listen to a song called Song Cry. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea of the hook, never seen it coming down my eyes, but I got to make the song cry. It tells mm-hmm. you right there what I was, I was hiding. Mm-hmm. And the strongest thing a man can do is cry. Mm-hmm. To expose your feelings, to be vulnerable in front of mm-hmm. the world. That's real strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like you got to be this guarded person. That's not real. Mm-hmm. It's fake. Mm-hmm. According to Jay, to remain guarded and hide your emotions is to be unreal. Crying, being vulnerable, exposing your feelings, these are the markers of true strength and authenticity. This is why Beyonce says, true love never has to hide, and beyond your darkness, I'm your light. While we'll always hold darkness and pain within ourselves, love illuminates the darkness and brings balance to the pain. It allows us to continue on, bruised and beautiful. Beyonce then concludes the verse singing, Baptize your tears and dry your eyes. Just as she did, Beyonce encourages her husband to let his tears cleanse and purify him as a form of baptism. It's in this process of naming the pain and recasting it as something powerful and sacred that transformation can occur. Then they can dry their eyes and move forward together, renewed with a fresh start. This new beginning is emphasized with footage of Beyonce and Jay-Z's wedding reception. Wearing a strapless white wedding dress, Beyoncé feeds Jay-Z some wedding cake, and they smile at one another before sharing a kiss. It seems this image is included to once again demonstrate their recommitment to one another. During this second verse, we also see footage from Tina Knowles' marriage to actor Richard Lawson. 
Tina and Richard smile and look into each other's eyes as they share their first dance. It's here we recall that throughout Lemonade, Beyonce referenced her parents' relationship, which we know ended in divorce. The juxtaposition of these two scenes, both Beyonce's wedding and her mother's new marriage, demonstrate the healing that has taken place across generations in her family, albeit in different ways. While the circumstances of Beyonce's relationship allowed her to find healing with her husband, her specific path isn't necessarily the only route to healing. Not every relationship can be salvaged. Beyonce's mother's story, while only subtly alluded to here, offers an alternative path to healing when reconciliation is impossible. By ending the relationship that wasn't serving her, Tina Knowles was able to leave the old wounds behind and start anew. Following these wedding scenes, we see images of Beyonce and Jay-Z playing with their daughter Blue Ivy in the Superdome. In our episode on Reformation, we noted that the Superdome was the city's shelter of last resort during Hurricane Katrina. While the stadium became a symbol of collective trauma, the city's efforts to reopen the Superdome also demonstrated New Orleans' resilience and rebirth in the aftermath of the hurricane. When we last saw Beyonce in the Superdome, she wore an all-white dress and was lying down midfield as she prepared for her own rebirth. Now that rebirth is complete and her family is restored, we return to the stadium's end zone as Jay-Z and Blue Ivy fall into the turf as if celebrating a touchdown. Then Jay-Z gets up to chase Blue Ivy down the field in a moment of pure fun and familial joy. In the second iteration of the song's hook, a horn section enters and adds to the song's triumphant celebratory feel. The riff the horns play is an interpolation of Outkast's 1998 track, Spotty Audi Doppelicious. With Outkast hailing from Atlanta, this interpolation joins the numerous nods to the southern icons we've seen and heard throughout Lemonade but the song itself also seems to have relevance to the album's narrative. In its second verse, Big Boy tells the story of meeting a sexually attractive woman in a nightclub. He's hypnotized by her beauty, charisma, and smarts. Thinking their encounter would just be a one-night stand, it's revealed midway through the verse that the two had a child together. One moment you frequent the booty clubs, and the next four years you and somebody daughter raising your own youngin'. Now that's a beautiful thing. That's if you're on top of your game and man enough to handle real life situations, that is. Can't gamble feeding baby on that Big Boy describes how raising their child is a beautiful thing because he manned up or made the necessary sacrifices to do so with integrity. This included ceasing to engage in quote-unquote street activities, such as doing and selling drugs and going to clubs to seek casual sex. Within the context of Lemonade, Big Boy's story can be viewed as relating to Jay-Z's perspective. Jay wasn't initially willing to sacrifice his old life and habits for Beyonce or his child's sake. But as implied in the film and confirmed with his album 444, he eventually came to understand the sacrifices required to support and participate in a healthy relationship and family. He came to understand, like Big Boy, that commitment and being a part of a loving family is a beautiful thing. They say true love's the greatest weapon To win the war caused by pain 
Beyonce sings, they say true love's the greatest weapon to end the war caused by pain. Beyonce's use of war imagery evokes her relationship with her father. In the chapter Daddy Lessons, she expressed how her father made her a soldier and taught her the most important weapon is her gun. We understood these to be metaphors for the ways in which her father passed down survival tactics that he himself needed to adopt to endure in a racist society. However, through her process of healing, she replaced her gun, her rough exterior, and masculine posturing with an even stronger weapon, love. As Beyonce has reiterated throughout the chapter, love is the salve that heals pain and allows us to forgive, to be authentic to ourselves, and to nourish future generations. This line also echoes the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who frequently referred to the weapon of love in his preaching. That is the meaning of love. In the final analysis, love is not this sentimental something that we talk about. It is not merely an emotional something. Love is creative, understanding, goodwill for all men. It is a refusal to defeat any individual. When you rise to the level of love of its great beauty and power, you seek only to defeat evil systems. Individuals who happen to be caught up in that system you love, but you seek to defeat the system. In this 1957 sermon titled Loving Your Enemies, King suggests that love is a powerful, creative, life-sustaining force that seeks goodwill for all. As we'll see play out in Lemonade's final chapter, Beyonce's love for herself, her partner, and her community naturally extends towards standing up against unjust systems as she seeks to end the war caused by pain. As the chapter approaches its conclusion, we see Beyonce once again walking around the exterior of Fort Macomb. With the camera at ground level, we see that Beyonce is now walking above the Stonewall Tunnel we first saw back in the film's opening chapter. Recall that these Stonewall Tunnels seem to allude to the dungeons of the West African slave castles. This tunnel, and Fort Macomb more generally, served as a recurring symbol of the curse born from the legacy of slavery. As we hear the final moments of all night, Beyonce walks across the top of the tunnel. Simultaneously, the camera pushes forward, as if we, the viewing audience, are stepping into the darkness of the tunnel. We emerge from the pitch black of the tunnel and see a flash of bright light on the other side. We then see another home video shot of Beyonce smiling and dancing carefree in her own backyard. Then, the camera pans left to reveal her daughter, Blue Ivy, dancing alongside her, mimicking her moves. Blue Ivy then smiles directly into the camera with a flower in her hair as Beyonce and Jay hold hands in front of her. It's here that we once again recall what Beyonce told Vogue, quote, I come from a lineage of broken male-female relationships, abuse of power, and mistrust. Only when I saw that clearly was I able to resolve those conflicts in my own relationship. Connecting to the past and knowing our history makes us both bruised and beautiful. I pray that I am able to break the generational curses in my family and that my children will have less complicated lives." Unquote. This final image of Beyonce and Jay holding hands in front of a smiling blue ivy captures the goals Beyoncé has set out to accomplish. She has broken the curse, resolving the conflicts in her relationship, and paving the way for a happy, less complicated life for her daughter. Simultaneously, through the public telling of her story, Beyoncé passes down a hopeful recipe 
for millions of people around the world who might be facing similar struggles. Conclusions We found the truth beneath your lies Redemption serves as a triumphant culmination of Beyonce's efforts throughout the film to mend her broken relationship, reaffirm her dignity and worth, and pass on the wisdom of her ancestors to offer her children a better future. In the spirit of her ancestors, she has conjured beauty, kissed crimes, and spun gold, and in the process has been made whole again through the love that brought salvation back into her. It's this love that allows her to honor her imperfections and complexity, that makes forgiveness possible, and binds her to the generations of her family, past, present, and future. And it's this love that is the main ingredient in her recipe of turning lemons into lemonade. While her love may be sweet, it's also her greatest weapon and defense against a society shaped by the curse of slavery and racism. Now armed with love for herself, her partner, her daughter, and her sisterhood of Black women, Beyonce embodies the message of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and uses her love to unite her community while calling for social action and demanding justice. This is Lemonade's final track, Formation, a song we'll examine line by line, scene by scene, next time on Dissect. Dissect is a production of Spotify Studios. Remember, you can find visual guides for each episode on dissectpodcast.com, which also includes links to any articles cited on today's episode. While you're there, be sure to check out our limited Season 6 merchandise, and be sure to follow us on social media at Dissect Podcast. Today's episode was written by Maggie Lacey and me. Additional analysis by Titi Shodia and Michael Bundelow. Additional research by Gail Acosta. Audio editing by Eric Bass and me. Song recreations by Andrew Atwood. Theme music by Bureaucratic. Okay, thanks everyone. We'll talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.